Welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, your best friend, the scene god. (laughs) What a terrible intro that was. But once again, I just turned on the mic and I press record. So I didn't really plan on anything elaborate. Now, we don't have... Anyone on the center line today, it is just me. You don't know how many times I tried to get people to be able to record something before, you know, Christmas and the holidays, and it just did not work out. But like I've said in the past, whenever I've done a solo show, I have a mic and I get really, really tired of going on social media and hearing other people's opinions of shitty, shitty music. So that's why I do the show, is because I want you to hear my shitty opinion on great music. That's the way I look at it. So I'm basically going to talk until I get tired, and then you can turn this off as soon as you get tired as well, which I think is normally how it works. So how about we go ahead and get started with some scene news? All right, so first up on the list, I just have a whole bunch of random stuff that I wanted to go over with everyone. I think the quote-unquote biggest news that came out recently, and by recently I mean like a day ago or so, was that Warp Tour, I guess what, 25 now? Warp Tour is back. And now I know <laughs> I love it when a lot of people come out of the woodwork And say things like, oh yeah, no, I knew. I knew it was coming back. I said so. Bullshit. Bullshit, you said so. There are people that have been on my show that I've talked to where I've specifically said, oh, they're probably coming back for a festival. You know, it depends on what they want to do. And those people agree with me. One of them, Garrett from Lost in Separation, we talked about it. I believe I talked about it with Saving Vice. I know I'm probably missing a few more as well, but I love it when people who know nothing about this whatsoever come out and say, oh yeah, but they never said it was going to be the last one. They just said, yeah, they just said it was going to be the last full country tour. And yes, they definitely did, but don't pretend like if they hadn't sold out so many of those shows because 
it was touted as the final Warp Tour. If they hadn't sold those out, they would not be back this year for the five dates that they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing one, I think it's Columbus, Ohio. They're going to be doing two dates on the West Coast and two dates on the East Coast. More specifically, the West Coast is July 20th and 21st in Cleveland, Ohio. What did I say, Columbus? I think I was thinking Johnny Frank. So Cleveland, Ohio is June 8th. And on the East Coast, it's June 29th and 30th. So basically, they're doing a one-off in Cleveland, most likely because that's where you know shitty AP is. And then one on the West Coast for a festival and one on the East Coast for a festival. This will make things a lot easier, not only for people that you know live wherever they're going to be doing the West Coast and East Coast ones, but also for the bands themselves. And we all know that. We all know how grueling the Warp Tour, you know, stuff is. I was lucky enough, you know, for the quote-unquote final year to do all of those Warp Tour conversations. I really hope that I have the ability to do that, you know, in the coming year. Same thing as well. So what festival is back? And this time they're doing two dates. I believe they're doing Houston and Dallas and I think those are happening in April. So that gives you pr- that gives you plenty of time if you wanted to do, you know, Warp Tour and you wanted to do that. Plus, you know there will be a ton of other festivals as well. And by the way, for anyone that just needs clarification, having a couple festivals in one date is not an actual tour. So no need to play semantics. That's just not the way it is. On another note, we've got a Mice and Men apparently are back in the studio. Now, some of you may think it's a little bit early. You know, Defy came out, you know, earlier this year. Now, nothing is guaranteed that they're writing a complete studio album or, you know, an EP. They might be going in, you know, just to have fun. I think a lot of people probably remember we've made a lot of fun of of Mice and Men on this show. Now, we had also said, if you go back and you listen to the review for Defy, I believe at least I said, I don't remember if Dave or Jackson said something different, but it was much better than Cold World. I think the issue with the Mice and Men now is that they have no personality. If you go see them live, they are one of the worst possible bands you can see live. They're just incredibly, incredibly boring. The last time I saw them this year after Defy came out, I couldn't take it anymore and left early because I just couldn't do it. And they were headlining, which is insane. I think they're just one of those bands that needs a very charismatic frontman that isn't playing an instrument. And that's what they had. And I understand that they're not going back to that. You know, Austin's not going back. But maybe they'd benefit if they brought someone new in. I don't know if that's something they'd ever plan on doing because I'm sure they're doing well financially. But they would really benefit from it. Next up. Something I thought was kind of cool or interesting, I guess. So Stasic Recordings has acquired Eulogy Recordings. And now some of you may or may not know Eulogy. So Eulogy was pretty popular back in the early 2000s. It was a primarily metal and hardcore label, I'd say, somewhere around there. Now they had, you know, they did have Newfound Glory. So I wouldn't say that's necessarily in that category, but... They were very well known for, let's see, it was Unearth, I Killed the Prom Queen, Evergreen Terrace, Barrier Dead, bands like that. 
So Stay Sick, who's run by, you know, Franz from Attila, they have acquired Eulogy Records. Now, I don't really know if that means that now just, you know, Stay Sick has access to all the catalog of, you know, previous bands' work, or if they're going to end up putting out, you know, new bands' material as Eulogy. I don't know if anyone really knows that right now, but we do know that they have some type of partnership. So that'll be something interesting to keep a note of in the future for sure. Here's kind of a fun one. So everyone knows that Every Time I Die are pretty much killing it right now. I tried to see them live very recently, and I, w- I live five minutes away from the place that they were going to play, and I still couldn't even get tickets. They sold out in like three minutes. They have been around for, I think it's around 20 years now, which is pretty crazy to think about. The city of Buffalo has now given them their own day. Obviously, they are from Buffalo. And now, from now on, December 15th is now Every Time I Die Day in Buffalo. And that is, I don't know, there's something, there's something kind of cool about that. I, I don't think awards are cool, necessarily. But something like that just seems fun that an entire city can recognize our music, if that makes sense. And on that note, talking about awards that don't matter, we might as well mention the Grammys since I never got to do a show on it. I think people that listen to the show for a long time know that I am no fan of any type of awards whatsoever. The Grammys are obviously one of them. Let me run down some of the stuff that I think you and I would care about if we cared about award shows. Wow, award shows. You've got Best Metal Performance, Between the Buried and Me, Deaf Heaven, High on Fire, Trivium, and Under Oath. Now, I, I don't really remember how they do this because, like I said, I don't care. I'm assuming when they say Best Metal Performance, they mean the music video. For the song, I could be wrong. If I am, you know how to get in contact with me. That Under Oath song is certainly not the worst that could be nominated. And it's not the first time that they've been nominated for a Grammy either. Obviously, people that know the scene know there are a lot of other bands that probably should be nominated over these bands. But it is good in a way that these bands will be, you know, they'll get some exposure to the public. Because what you still have to remember is a lot of people still listen to the radio like it matters. And I know that's very, very strange to hear, but people do still learn about bands from the radio. So if someone goes and, you know, hears, you know, someone talking about this list, and then they watch the Grammys and they see Under Oath win something, they go, holy shit, I didn't even know Under Oath were still around. So maybe they go listen to the new stuff, then they go listen to old stuff. I don't know. It's a possibility. This is all about money anyways. Now you get to Best Rock Song. Greta Van Fleet, 21 Pilots, which is insane because nothing they do is rock. So I don't even know how they can even be in this category. Bring Me the Horizon, St. Vincent, and Ghost. Now, I don't really like the song Mantra but I can understand why that would get nominated because it is, once again, Bring Me the Horizon are often, you know, three steps ahead of most bands and trends. So 
they're going in this new direction that will get them more popularity and is still technically good music. I'm not a huge fan of this track in particular, but to be nominated for this, I think it's fine. I, I guess that's my opinion on it. Ghost, I, I get it because I actually I like that song. So that makes sense to me. It is a good rock song. Greta Van Fleet, I have never been able to get into whatsoever. St. Vincent, I have heard of that band. That sounds indie rockish to me. I think I listened to them once and hated it. So who knows? Maybe they're better now. But the 21 Pilots thing, that's a whole nother story. That album was boring as fuck. Anyone who has that on their quote-unquote best list, I'll, I'll never understand. It, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I give a lot of music a chance, and I listen to that entire album. It was so fucking boring. I did actually fall asleep. And then I had to start it back over because I wanted to give it a fair assessment. But that was mundane, boring, antiquated shit. So for anyone, I, I just, I'll never get it. We can still be friends, but I will never understand that connection here's another fun one best rock album alice in chains (laughs) oh man i never knew you could do a best rock album with a band that doesn't play instruments really really interesting to me but hey it's the grammy so fine ghost greta van fleet and another fucking weird one weezer And I'm pretty sure they don't fucking play instruments anymore either. And look, I don't want to get into the whole thing. When SNL parodies Weezer, there's something wrong. Because SNL hasn't been funny in, what, 15 years? Somewhere around there? So if they're joking around with Weezer like they're relevant, then there's something going on that you guys got to watch out for. All right? That terrible cover they did for Toto was an abomination. That was such an abomination that if we had been playing it on, like I would not I would not have played it on the show because I actually like the people that listen to the show. And now we've got Best Rock Performance, Arctic Monkeys, who I did not even know still existed. I thought they had one song and then disappeared off the face of the earth. Chris Cornell, The Fever 333, Greta Van Fleet again. I, I don't, understand this whatsoever and then hailstorm i'm really hoping that the fever win this one this would be really well deserved i've seen the guys live obviously we've talked about them on the show they're very political i think it'd be a lot of fun to see them get up on stage at the grammys and just continue talking i could imagine them doing something crazy kind of the way like i this is really far back but i'm thinking about like those old I think it was the MTV, uh, what, MTV Music Awards? I almost said Movie Awards. Music Awards where I think the guy from Rage Against the Machine climbed up, like, the big scaffolding that they had. I think if they did something cool and different, I don't know, not burn the place down literally, but really got people talking about the music that we listen to, I think that would be really cool. But in general, I, I couldn't care less about any award thing. It just... It just doesn't matter. It's the same. I can't even go into like the Rock Sound Awards because those were all garbage. In most cases, I think there was like one that was maybe okay. It's all publicity. 
It's all for money. It's all for advertising. That's all this stuff is. So please don't put any credit, don't give any respect to any of these sources because they really, they don't deserve your respect because it's all about the money and not about the scene. They're not doing these things for you guys. They're doing them so that they can have their soulless interviews later. I know, look, I know I'm, I'm talking like a hippie right now. It's like, dude, don't give them your money, you know, be a free thinker. But seriously, it's true in a way. You got to stay away from that kind of stuff because it really, really doesn't matter. Like whatever music, I don't even care. Look, I made fun of 21 Pilots. If you like them, that's fine. Greta Van Fleet, I don't think are talented, but if you like them, it's completely fine. Like what you like, support who you support. That's the way it goes. Just like, don't be sheep. I think that's what I'm saying. Don't be sheep. Man, I miss having people to bounce these stuff off. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone's laughing. A lot of the stuff I say are jokes that would normally get some type of response or something. And it's so weird when you do a show by yourself that you don't have that back and forth. But I'm still going to move on. And we are going to be talking about something that I think we've talked about on the show before as well, but not in the case of this specific band. So I'm sure many of you, especially if you follow them on Twitter, the band Senses Fail, have been talking about going back and re-recording some of their past material. Now, specifically, they have mentioned that in the songs Bastard Son and Handguns and Second Chances, they're going to be removing the words bitch and whore. Now, some of you who have listened to the show for a while know that when I had Steve from the band Desires on the show, I've had him on a couple times now. The last time that I had him on, we talked about the pop punk band Makeout, who I've also had on the show, met them at Warp Tour. And they have a song where they also say the word whore. And he was, you know, he was explaining from his side that in most cases, he thinks words like that shouldn't be used in music. And I thoroughly destroyed him, destroyed every single point that he made. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to love hearing that if he hears this. But it was a great discussion. I do think I won, of course. But I love having discussions with Steve. We often do that on Twitter as well. And he's a great guy. We just don't agree on certain things sometimes. And I think that's also, to take a little sidetrack, I actually really like when that happens because I'm so sick and tired of people jumping down other people's throats for having a different opinion. And you may be like, but Ian, you do that all the time. It's no, I make jokes about things and then people attack. And that's fine. But I also listen to other people's opinions, and then we have a back and forth. And most of the time, I do make a lot of jokes, is what I do. But in general, I like having a back and forth with people, even if they don't share the same opinion as me. Especially when it comes to music. I mean, politics, all that kind of stuff, you can, you can change your opinion on that stuff all you want. Music, in a way, it's really fun to talk about that stuff back and forth. And even if you don't change someone's mind... It doesn't mean it was a bad time or a waste of time to have that conversation. So I often do that with Steve, and I'm sure we'll do another one where we do something similar. So Census Fail puts that out to everyone on Twitter. And of course, you've got the two different you know, kind of opinions here. You've got the white knights that come in going, yeah, 
get rid of those two words. They're terrible for women. No one should ever be saying these words. And then you've got the other people who attack saying, oh, you're being too PC. Why would you change something that's out there? Will we still be able to listen to the old stuff without the changes? And to answer that one right away, Census Fail did mention, obviously, they can't get rid of all their previous recordings of the track, so those will still be available. So let's let's take out from this discussion, let's take out right away that a band has the right to do whatever they want with their own music. That's justified. That is the way it is. You might not agree with that, but that is fact. You know, their actual intellectual, create, creative, you know, whatever you want to call it, their actual song, their music, their whatever belongs to them. If you bought a recording of their, you know, CD, vinyl, whatever, and it's in your possession, that piece of property is yours. They're not going to come, you know, they're not going to go into your fucking house. I can't imagine Buddy doing a home invasion to take back old singles of Bastard Son and <laughs> skipping down. I don't think that's going to happen. So that is yours. And you can listen to that all you want. But bands do have the right to do whatever they want with their music. So let's put that aside. I always do an internal debate with this. And I do talk to people when it comes to this. Because, you know, Census Fail are not the first band to do things like this. It's also been done in movies as well. We talked about, I don't think Ice Nine Kills changed anything. But they re-released one of their albums as well. I wasn't a big fan of them doing that just because, to me, that's always been something that I didn't realize anyone would want to do. And when you think about it, there's honestly, there's a myriad of reasons why bands would go back to re-record earlier material. Maybe they were rushed. Maybe labels had more influence than they wanted at the time. Maybe they didn't have enough money to do everything they needed production-wise, you know, like whatever. There are a ton of reasons why bands would want to do this. To me, though, it's almost like I would rather have someone apologize for something they said than go back and edit it and correct it for future generations. And maybe it doesn't even matter. And it it probably doesn't. To be quite honest, it probably doesn't. But the way that I look at it in this general sense is that they're focusing, I don't know if it's they or just Buddy you know, himself, but what they seem to be focusing on are two words, bitch and whore. Now, you can still say to this day that those are used more against females than they are against males, possibly. I think sometimes words, especially words like that, they evolve with just being words that roll off the tongue very well, if that makes sense. Calling someone a bitch is better than calling someone a punk. Just the way things like roll up, like punk almost seems more juvenile than calling someone a bitch. And that might not make sense, but I think in today's vernacular, it does. Whore, on the other hand, we've talked about this and we've said whore on the show many a times, not pertaining to women. But at that time when they were using the lyric, it could have been pertaining to one certain woman. If there, you know, if there are lyrics in a song that are generalizing to all woman, you know, all womankind and calling every single woman a whore, that's obviously not a true statement. If someone is talking about a specific woman who happened to be a whore, then that is a factual statement. 
going back now doesn't really change who that was about, whether it was fictional or non-fictional. Plus, it's something we've talked about on the show before, whore does not have to mean woman. Poor has been used against guys many times as well. But if you notice, it seems like by taking bitch and whore out because buddy, and if you look at the tweets and everything, you can see they're specifically saying that it has to do with women. It's actually very sexist and it's very misogynistic to do something like this because if you truly think about it, it's changing things because he's worried about other women, his daughter, people that he shouldn't have to protect. And obviously, a a young daughter he protects, but you know what I'm saying. Women are strong enough to get over words that are used against them the same way that men are strong enough to get over words that are used against them. I think now, though, all words get used against everybody. And that's obviously, that's keeping out, you know, racial words. If we're talking about, you know, the quote-unquote bad words, if someone calls you a motherfucker, you're not really talking about that person's mom. That's really not how language works. So another thing to note is so bitch and horror out, but Bastard, the actual title of the song, is okay. But Bastard is often used against men and only men. And Bastard, even though that's a technical word, it's still not allowed to be used in many situations. That's still considered a quote-unquote swear word. So there's a lot of hypocrisy here as well. Same thing, you look at handguns and second chances. Handguns are something that are inherently very violent. And I'm not going to get into the whole gun control argument or anything like that. The word handgun, though, I mean, I was, I made a joke recently about Teenage Dirtbag by the band Weedus. If you go on Spotify right now, and you listen to that song, and I recommend you do because that's a great fucking song. <laughs> but really, if you go and you listen to that song, you know that every single version of that song is censored, where it says, her boyfriend's a dick. They don't censor that. Her boyfriend's a dick. He brings a gun to school. That whole part is gone. He brings a gun to school is completely gone. It's just silence now. So dick, which is a technical term, I think, Maybe, maybe not even. It's a derogatory term used against men in most cases. That's fine. But he brought a gun to school is not. And if you look at many, many other Census Fails lyrics, Census Fails, if you look at many, many Census Fail lyrics, they're very, very violent. Extremely violent. I could give you tons of examples. I actually used one on Twitter and Census Fail responded to me. And they said that that was not pertinent to the conversation because they are not re-recording those albums. And I said, I understand that, but does this philosophy, or I, I think I'm paraphrasing what I said, does this philosophy not you know, pertain to your other lyrics? And they said, no, it does, but if we were to re-record all those other albums, they'd be changing way more. And you can look that up on their Twitter. So obviously I'm paraphrasing, but I was having a real conversation with them. I wasn't being like, oh no, you're so PC, I hate you, anything like that. I even stated, I completely understand your music. You can do what you want. You should do you. Completely fine. But you're okay with violence 
but not okay with words. And once again, I think that was one of the you know points I had when I was talking to Steve from Desires. To me, words will never be as hurtful as actions. So we live in a society where a PG-13 movie, you can say maybe one fuck, maybe even not sometimes, maybe a shit, something like that. And then there can be all the violence ever, 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 ever. Graphic, graphic violence. When you go up to an R, that's when the nudity comes in and that's when the swearing comes in more. That, once again, is a very backward society. So not only, in my opinion, are they being very sexist and misogynistic by only taking out these specific words, but then it's very hypocritical, in my opinion, that they want to change everything else. Or not hypocritical that they want to change, but hypocritical that they're not changing it. And once again, that doesn't mean I'm calling for the change. I think it's better not to change any of that kind of stuff. But that's just me. I don't think, like I said, words are not the same as actions. And then to you know end this, wrap this up, because I think I covered a ton with this, is that when you know Sense of Fail were asked, hey, what are you going to change, bitch and whore too? They said they're changing it to cunt and twat. (laughs) See, if I had had someone here with me, (laughs) that whole misdirection would have gone over perfectly and there'd be tons of people laughing and everyone would be having a good time. (sighs) But this is the way it is. Plus, let's not forget that the only people that go into the past to change things are Nazis and communists. So, moving on. Waka waka. And I think that ends everything for C News. So we're going to move on here to some new songs. Alright everyone. It is new song time, and there have been a shit ton of new songs out. So I'm just going to pick and choose like a few that I want to kind of highlight here. Right now, we're going to talk about Capsize. They have actually put out three brand new singles that have come out probably in the last like three months or so. And each one has been absolutely awesome. I know Daniel has been working with Matt Good to be able to put all this shit together. And it has come out really, really great. Now, no words yet if they're going to be doing an EP or a full length in the future. It was just these three singles for now. I want to make sure I play a little bit of Pain and Purpose for you right now because it is an excellent song. So let's get to that. Now let's talk about the return of Oh Sleeper. They have a brand new track out called Decimation and Burial. And 
Before we go on, I do want to make a quick note. Unfortunately, their bassist, Lucas Starr, has passed away of cancer. He was on all their first three full-length albums. I have heard nothing but great things about Lucas, and the way he went out is awful, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to say the right things in the situation, but obviously my condolences go out to all of his friends and family. It seemed like he was an awesome person, obviously super talented, so wish his friends and family all the best, and let's take a listen to the track Decimation and Burial on Solid State Records. Now we've got Kane Hill. They have put out two brand new singles for their new EP coming out in January. Now they have drastically changed their style of music. So make sure you let me know what you think about their new track, Acid Rain. Sinking deeper can't escape this hole. Cause my soul aches for just Now check out my boys in Charlatan. They have a brand new track out called Sucker Punch. And I've been promised that there is new music on the way. Really looking forward to having Gray Sorensen back on the show. By the way, he is also now a rapper. And he's going to make a shit ton of money and be the most famous thing ever. I get to say I knew him when. If you want to look up his new music, you can. It's Sex Sells. S-E-K-C-E-L-L-S, I believe is how it's put out there. (laughs) You're going to love it. But for right now, let's talk about another track you're going to love. Here's Sucker Punch on Revival Recordings. Some milk, but Mark himself do his selfies. I'm the right, 
All right, and now another single that I've been playing nonstop. I don't know if you know them as well as I want you to. There's the band Set to Stun, who have an amazing album called Set to Stun and the Desperado Undead. They have a brand new track out called Walk Tall 2. I believe they are going to have either a new EP or an album out in 2019. It's one of my most anticipated albums, whatever they do. It's going to be very anticipated by me. They are on Tragic Hero Records, and you have to take a listen to this song. It is so fucking good. Here it is, Walk Tall 2. And we're going to end the segment with surprise, surprise, the band Conditions are back with a brand new single, Give It All. Let's take a listen. So that ends new songs for tonight. Let's go on to some concert reviews. Holy fuck, I have a shit ton to talk about. So I have been going to shows seemingly nonstop. I'm going to highlight some of them for you. I'm not going to talk about everything, but some of them at least. And... This might just trigger an Ian's insights. We'll see. So first up, I went to a couple of house shows. Now, I know not everyone is able to go to house shows on a regular basis. You know, what I'm surprised about is these house shows that I've gone to recently have had some really, really great, kind of well-known bands as well, which has been very cool. I would certainly recommend that you go to any house show you possibly can 
They are a lot of fun. Just know you may have to wash all your clothes right after because they will reek of cigarette smoke. And that was something that now, after going to concerts for years, you don't have to worry about cigarette smoke. Now, things are changing again where you're getting a lot more weed, which to me is a way more tolerable smell than you know cigarettes. But also now, a little thing that's annoying too is that people are using more vaping when they're at concerts, or as South Park likes to call them, pussy sticks. People are using their pussy sticks a lot in concerts, and even though they don't smell as bad, it's still tougher to breathe when you've got a ton of people blowing smoke into this very tight, very hot atmosphere of a concert. But that is a thing to go over at another day. Just know every house show that I go to has a ton of cigarette smoke. So I went to see a couple. One of them had friend of the show eyes on satellites. Now, one of the reasons why I was trying to make even more shows with eyes on satellites is that is that friend of the show, Dave, who you know used to be the lead vocalist of Eyes on Satellites, he was ending his run with the band. He has now officially stepped aside. I will talk about that in a little bit. But Eyes on Satellites are going to be moving on in a slightly different direction, possibly without an unclean vocalist. We will say it's all mutual, by the way. It's nothing bad, but that's why they were doing a final run with Dave as their lead vocalist. So I got to see Eyes on Satellites, and then I also got to see a couple really great bands, Makeshift and Heaven's Sake. Heaven's Sake I've talked about before in the past. Makeshift is a great pop punk band as well. And I, I say as well as they're good, they're, you know, I wouldn't call Heaven's Sake necessarily a pop punk band. But then also Actor Observer were one of the headlines for those shows. And they are just a really, really great band. I'm going to tell you, look up Actor Observer if you've never heard of them before. I am the worst at pronouncing the name of their album that came out last year or this year, technically, 2018. It is an amazing album, but I cannot pronounce the title of it. It's like Parabolium or something. I'm not even going to try. Just Or I kind of did. But just go look it up. You'll see. Whatever was the full-length album that came out in 2018, make sure you take a listen to it. Not only are they awesome live, they're awesome on the album and really good guys too. So I'm hoping to do some work with Heaven's Sake, Makeshift, and maybe even Actor Observer in the future. Next up was the very popular tour that went around that had Sleep Signals, Ice Nine Kills, Memphis Mayfire, and Atreyu. Look, I, I've been trying to be better about this. I am not going to talk about Sleep Signals. They are not my type of music. And I might have seen them on an off night. So I'm not going to say they're the worst thing ever. I'm just going to move on. Einstein Kills steals a show on pretty much any lineup they're ever on. It's still a surprise that they aren't headlining or at least, you know, co-headlining shows. So putting them with, you know, a band like Sleep Signals, then having them, then going to Memphis Mayfire is really not a great way to go. <laughs> the set time should be pretty much reversed on that, but they always kill it. I think you guys know how I feel about them, but I'm kind of tired talking about them anyways. 
The one thing I will mention is that Ricky Armelino, who we've talked about on the show before, he is so fucking good at what he does. He's covering while Spencer, and everyone in the band is great, but when you watch them play, Ricky's the person that stands out. Not only is he wearing a big yellow, you know, it's that he's wearing like the yellow raincoat, like Georgie in It, but then also he's doing all the backup vocals, he's playing guitar, and he's jumping out into the crowd. He's covering for Spencer anytime Spencer needs him, and Spencer needs him to cover a lot. So keep a lookout for that because that is really cool. Now, I'm not sure how much longer Ricky's going to be in Ice Nine Kills. Hopefully, he's getting a lot of money. Obviously, he's getting a lot of exposure. But Ricky's got his hands in a ton of things anyways. So just a note there. But talking about Ice Nine Kills gets very boring because, you know, everyone talks about them. And then I'm sure many people have heard us make fun of Memphis Mayfire. I've never seen a sold-out crowd give less to the second-to-last band on a bill. It was basically like everyone was standing still. And the only time that anyone did any movement and actually had fun was when they finally played the center. And that was it. It was one of the saddest live sets I've ever seen. And once again, it's not like they're not talented. You know, Maddie has a great vocal range. He goes back and forth between cleans and uncleans. You know, used to anyways, very well. He doesn't really do, I'm not even sure, there might be like one or two unclean vocals on their new awful, awful, atrocious album. But no one cares about them anymore because they haven't been good in so long. And I'm still, they're not the draw. They're not what's bringing people out to these shows. So it's very surprising that a band like Ice Nine Kills isn't ahead of them. So that's that's a separate issue for sure. And then Atreyu plays a lot of songs throughout their entire discography. They do a very good job of mixing things up very well. And they're still consummate professionals when it comes to live shows. So I would still recommend, even though I wasn't a huge, you know, wasn't a huge fan of, I think it's In Your Wake that came out recently, but they do so much of the old stuff as well that it's still like a complete experience, which is what you're looking for in a band. So I appreciate that a lot. Then we've got a huge one, The Plot New, Crown the Empire, Dance Gavin Dance, and Under Oath. Now I did VIP because Under Oath are one of the very few bands that I haven't been able to meet before. So that was very cool. All really, you know, seemingly down-to-earth guys. Got to talk about the Grammys a little bit. Got to talk about the tour. Seemed really, really nice. I still don't really like that new album, but I never hated it to begin with. The Plot in You, once again, Dispose is one of my favorite albums of 2018. The new material plays really well live. And being in a tough position on a sold-out show, you know, opening up for everyone... Landon just killed it. The whole band killed it. Make sure you go see The Plot in You. This definitely made up for the last time I saw them where Landon had said that was the worst set he's ever played. This was so much better than that. And they just really are a fucking great band. If you haven't listened to Dispose yet, you gotta get on that. Really one of the best albums of 2018. Then Crown the Empire comes on. I am not a fan of Crown the Empire. I think they have a very energetic set, 
But I, I'm going to quote, you know, hater Chris here, who was at the show with me. And he said, the lead vocalist has a very punchable face. And it's very true. And even though I think it was their bassist is doing the unclean vocals mostly now, and he does a very good job, they are missing. They're missing Dave. That's what they're missing. It, it's just true. There's something missing from that band. But I was very surprised that they do have a massive following. And then when we come to Dance Gavin Dance, another one that has one of the best albums of 2018 with Artificial Selection. They absolutely killed it. I got to see, you know, one of the tour dates where Tillian apparently might have had a concussion before. He was, it seemed like he was completely fine for this show. And they just destroyed. That's what they do. Their music's so fucking good. And they get the crowd going. The crowd was the most insane for a dance Gavin dance. Can't say enough good things about them. And then we get to Under Oath. Now, they had talked about how this was the longest set they've ever played. I think they played like 19 songs or something. So it was a long show. They had a very good stage setup. I love seeing Under Oath live. When they were out on tour with Bring Me the Horizon, they stole the show there. Here, though, there was something very different. It seemed like a lot of the... It seemed like maybe half the fans, maybe more, were only there to see Dance Gavin Dance. So once they got off stage, the fans left with them. And I think I had seen... I wish I would give the person credit, but I think I saw somewhere on Twitter someone said something like, you know... Under Oath should thank Dance Gavin Dance for selling out that tour for them. And that may be very true. Because Dance Gavin Dance fans only go for them. So, don't let me undersell it. Under Oath were really, really great. They did a great live performance. But something was definitely missing in the fan reactions. Because, I don't know, maybe Under Oath don't have the same reach as they used to. Maybe... The new album really turned people off, and I completely understand that as well. There were a lot of new songs in the set. Obviously, they went through everything, which was great. Love hearing all the old Under Oath tracks, but they did play a lot of the new stuff as well, and maybe that's a turnoff for people. But all in all, I would always recommend people go see Under Oath. They are a really good band. Like I said, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Erase Me. And I hated that song, Wasted Space, but they didn't play Wasted Space. They played a lot of really good stuff, so keep that in mind. Then last up, I got to see the final show with Eyes on Satellites with, you know, Dave as the front person. So not the end of Eyes on Satellites, but the end of Dave's run in Eyes on Satellites. It's kind of crazy to say that. He has decided to move on and not do music, and that's his choice. And I know I'm going to see him around in tons of live shows. So I'll always be able to keep up with him. And all the best to Eyes on Satellites. I really look forward to hearing what they'll have in the future. Friend of the show, Saving Vice, was also on that show. And they kill it every single time they take the stage. I don't know if I've said this before on the show. I may not have. Now, you can go back and listen to the conversation I had with them, obviously. But if you're looking for a metalcore band who's the next big thing, that's Saving Vice. Mark the words down now. 
they are the next big thing. I know they're working on new material, might be out, you know, towards the end of the year 2019. If this is a full-length album, they are going to be way past on the map. So, once again, mark it down. Then we had Novelist from France. I had talked about them on the show before. They did a really, really great job. If you haven't heard of them before, I think you need to check them out. Then we had Phineas, and they did a very good job too. They had just come back from like a festival in Germany. They had like just gone off the plane and made it. They played a very good set as well. Then Ocean's 8 Alaska, once again, another band that put out a great album in 2018. Their vocalist is so extremely talented, being able to go back and forth between all those different styles of screamings and cleans. Very technical band too, so when you get to see them live, it's very cool to see them pull that shit off. And then last up was Like Monster Flames. Again, another band that, you know, recently put out, you know, 2017, Dark Divine, an amazing, amazing album. I was actually surprised that they didn't play more from that album. They did a lot of old songs, but maybe that's just because those were heavier and the crowd, you know, reacts a little bit more. But once again, they did a great job live as well. I would recommend seeing all these bands live if you get the chance. It's just a really cool thing to get to see. Whew, man, I'm kind of running out of steam here. This whole talking alone thing is so incredibly different. But I think this might be a perfect time for some Ian's insights. So if you happen to get triggered, maybe you should watch out for this one. So, once again, this is something that I I have so many topics that I could talk to you guys about. I think the one I'm going to choose today, though, is I was hearing some rumblings recently where people were talking about supporting local bands. I think that is very important because it is true. Almost, I would say, probably, what, 99% of bands that are now popular were at one point quote-unquote local bands. Now, there are other bands that have, quote-unquote, made it, that didn't deserve it, that didn't pay their dues, <laughs> water parks. But most of the bands actually were, at some point, they were you know playing their local scene, doing the local circuit. So I think it is really good to support local music. Now, that means we're obviously, we're keeping this in the spectrum of going to the local shows of the music that you like. I'm not saying you should go to every single band that's playing every single show or whatever. Like, I didn't even say that right. But I'm not saying like, hey, you should go see every pop band that's playing in the local, you know, whatever. Don't worry. That's not what I'm talking about. You can if you want to, for sure. But we're just talking about, you know, the scene of what we listen to. If I can, if I have the time, I always show up at the beginning of the show. Now, I don't like waiting in line. So mostly what I do is I'll wait until the line's done and then go in to whatever show it is. So I'm completely fine with seeing whatever bands are starting because you never know 
when you're going to find a band, a new band that you love. And that's happened so many times to me. And it should happen to a lot of people, you would think, because in most cases, these are going to be bands that are playing a similar type of music to what you're actually there to see. What I think people walk the line on a little bit is when you start saying that you should show up and support any local band whatsoever. And I don't necessarily agree with that. So for one, if you've seen these bands before, or if you've done your research and you've listened to their music on Spotify or whatever, and you don't like them, you don't owe that band anything. When you pay your ticket, a cut is going to whatever. And I'm not even going to pretend to, because I think lots of shows are different. So depending on how, you know, the bands are getting paid, they're getting paid however much, you know, however it works, headcount, whatever. If you don't like a band who's opening up, you are not responsible for them. So you don't have to show up if you know you don't like that band. It's a weird thing to say that everyone needs to show up super early. And that's the, and that's the main point I think that I want to make. A lot of these shows are starting at five, five or six. That's really fucking early. If you have an actual job, it's very difficult to show up on that time because right there too, do you want to eat? Do you have to exercise? You know, there's a lot of stuff that you have to take care of during the day that while you're at work, you don't really get to do. So that's very, very difficult for people to be able to show up for that kind of thing. Not to mention, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but people's attention span to be able to stay at a place from 5 p.m. to 11 or 12, that's a long fucking time. Not everyone has that kind of time to do that. So if you contact a band, let's say, so let's say you're a member of an online forum or you're whatever, and you ask people for set times. I think it's very strange when people bite your head off because I've seen it and they go, well, you should be there for all the bands. Well, first of all, fuck you. People have jobs and other things that they have to do. A lot of times when people are asking for the set times, it's because they want to know who am I going to miss and how can I try and rearrange things so I get certain things done in order to make the bands that I know that I like. I'm not going to apologize if, I, if I'm if i going to a show and fucking Worcester and water parks are opening, I ain't showing up for them. It's just not happening because I don't want to support them. So I'm just saying that I think people need to remember that there are a bunch of sides to this whole entire thing. I personally think if you have the ability to, it is great to be able to go, you know, see all the live bands from the, you know, from the beginning to the end, because you honestly never know who you're going to find. It's not like they're, you know, dragging kids out that have had one practice in high school and now they're the local opener. That's not how it works. These are bands that are putting in a ton of money, a ton of time to give you, you know, for lack of a better word, the passion of their music. They're fully behind it and they have the ability to at some point be that big band that will be the headliner in a year or two the next time they come around. You never know. So it is cool to be able to see bands open and do that. What I would recommend is find out the set times if you can. If you can make it, make it for the beginning. Or go look up on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, 
and listen to those, you know, whatever the first three, four, whatever amount of bands there are before the touring group gets on and see what bands you like. But I don't think you hold, I don't think you're held accountable or you should be held accountable if you do that and you don't like the first two bands. I don't think you should have to show up for those first two bands. That's, that's my opinion. But I've also been doing this for a fucking long time. So that could be something else. But once again, let's reiterate. Local music is fucking great. And most bands that become big were local at one point. So don't forget that. Now that we have that out of the way, <laughs> we're going to move on. We're going to move on to an abbreviated favorite part of the show. Okay, so there were tons of albums that have been out that we will obviously talk about in the anniversary show where we talk about all the best, you know, best albums, best EPs, best singles, worst albums, all that kind of stuff. We always do that during the anniversary show, which is normally the very beginning of January. Honestly, I've never understood why so many people do a best of list before the year is over. And I know most people probably have most of their list done, but I've always thought that was weird. Plus, I really don't follow what other people do. But I just want to remind people, the album that I'm about to talk about came out yesterday. And an album that still hasn't come out is the brand new album from Palisades. So why would I make my entire final list without hearing everything that's going to come out this year. So one album that we are going to talk about in depth tonight is an album from If I Were You. It's called Inner Signals, and it's an independent release. This is a hybrid metalcore band. So when I say that, I'm thinking metalcore, post-hardcore, maybe a little electronicore. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's 12 tracks, no filler. And that's one of my favorite things. I <laughs> just don't care about intro tracks. I don't want an interlude. I don't want any of that shit. Just front to back, heavy music. And that's what If I Were You do on this album. This is their fifth release. So they've been around for a little while now. And this just ends up being a really great mix of clean and unclean vocals. The lead vocalist does the uncleans and the drummer does the higher clean vocals. Kind of a mix of We Came As Romans, Atreyu, Under Oath, like mix all those together, add in some, you know, electronic core, which technically We Came As Romans does or did. And it really works out very well. For vocals, you've got that metalcore, deathcore, low, mid, and high uncleans. And then the clean vocals are on the higher side. And they don't seem as processed, maybe, as they have been in the past, which I really enjoy. It's a very good mix. You've got chuggy guitars, bass, drums. Really, all the music complements the mix of vocals very well. It's a very fun album. And like I said, if you like some electronics, you know, they've definitely got them. There's some breakdowns that have them in the background a little bit. 
But what I think they do very well is they use them in the right places and it's not oversaturated. Plus, it's kind of the trend to do that. But they've been doing that for a while now. So it's not like they're jumping on any bandwagon or anything. <coughs> Plus, add in some blah as well, which you know I'm a big, huge fan of. I love a good blah. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm doing it right now. Blah. Blah. And to wrap things up here, you know, I thought this was a very well done album. It feels like the next release for them is going to be the one that really puts them over the edge. As the releases have gone on, they've really improved on like every aspect and it just gets better and better. So if you're really looking for that great hybrid metalcore, you got to check out this album, Inner Signals. You're really, really going to enjoy it. And then also the production value, the sound was really great on this as well. So yeah, really, it's, it's just a great metalcore album. And I think you should all take a listen to it, especially if you've been missing that really great metalcore. This really encompasses everything that I like. So let's give you a taste. Here's Broken, off Inner Signals. Once again, that's If I Were You, Inner Signals, and it's an independent release. Guess what, everyone? It is time to end the show. Let's do it. All right, everyone. So once again, time to end the show. Now, like I mentioned at the beginning, this was supposed to be a lot different. If anyone saw the social media posts I put out, I was looking for new co-hosts for the show, and I'm hoping that that still comes to fruition, but there were a lot of scheduling issues, a lot of things that just didn't work out. So I just want to mention, don't forget, I have not said goodbye to Jackson, Dave, and Ty. We're all still friends. We're all still working together. It's just their schedules are very, very difficult to pull something like this off. That's why I've been looking for new people. Basically what I want to do 
It's almost have an independent network. I want to be able to have people that I do the show with on a consistent basis to bring back Ian Hates Music. It will obviously be revamped. We'll have a lot of different segments. We'll have the old segments as well, but we'll have a lot of different segments. If you listen to a lot of the other shows that started after this show, you'll notice they've ripped off a lot. And you can say paying homage. You can say whatever you want. It's still ripping off what we've been doing on the show. I don't follow other people. They are obviously following me. So it's time to change things up. And that's just the way it is. I would love to give you all the ideas that I'm working on. I would love to give you a lot of the plans that I'm working on. But like I said, those other shows listen to this show. And I don't want to give away (laughs) what we're going to be doing. And you can believe me or not, but you can also see it as well. Go on any social media, go look up the way I did promotion, go look up. Obviously, you can listen to old shows and hear the segments that are now on other shows. You know, people tell me these things, I then I hear them and I'm like, oh yeah. Obviously, they took that, took personalities, there's a lot of things. And I'm not saying that I was groundbreaking when I started doing this. But if you go back and know the timelines, there really weren't a whole lot of shows that were doing this before I was. So I miss doing this and I want to change things again. So that's what I'm looking to talk about. That's what I'm looking to do in 2019. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be the last episode of the year. We might still be able to have one next week before we completely turn over. But I just want to let you know that I haven't been just not doing anything. There's a ton of stuff. Obviously, I've been doing Ian Hates Conversations. There are new Ian Hates movies coming. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. This has been a really, really shitty year. And I've had to work through a lot of stuff in personal life shit that you guys don't need to know about. But there's obviously a lot going on. And I want to come back and start doing the shows that I used to love doing. So know that that's in the plan. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that you guys just don't know about. So, shout out to all the good shows that are out there. They know who they are. I don't think the bad ones are delusional enough to think that they're doing well. I mean, they get interactions with people. They bought a lot of followers, obviously. So they get interaction with people, but they're not doing a good job. The good ones know who they are. Also, some of you might have noticed that the last Ian Hates Conversations, you know, came out last week. It was with uh, Jared Alonji, and we talk a lot of Crazy 88 and a bunch of other stuff. Obviously, once again, everything I put out there is free. You're welcome to go to Patreon and give me money, which is always nice, but we haven't even really set up the Patreon with tiers and a bunch of special stuff, so I just give you guys everything for free. There's no way I would ever, you know, with like a great interview that's over an hour plus with Jared Alonji, I would never make that a bonus episode and make you guys pay for it or anything like that. I think that's ridiculous. So, you know, if you have a spare hour plus to listen to that, you might as well. You know, I'm a guy and you can listen to that. So I hope people are getting, (laughs) I hope people are getting some of the inside jokes. (laughs) Once again, I'm not working with anybody, so I don't know if anyone's laughing out there. But I hope 
that you guys are getting it. If you're not getting it, then check out social media. And what a segue that is, because you should definitely be following me on social media. On Twitter, it's at Ian Hates Podcast. On Instagram and Facebook, it's at Ian Hates. And then you can email me, ianhates at gmail.com. Hit that like button, hit that share button. Got a YouTube as well, even though that's not ready yet. There's a bunch of stuff coming in 2019 if I decide to continue doing this shit. You know, in some ways, I wish I had bought followers in the beginning, but I have never bought followers. I think it's really fucking weird. So everything's organic. Been doing this for, what, four years now coming up, somewhere around there. I hope you enjoy the shows. I hope you know I'm not bitching. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm just letting you guys know some of the behind the scenes stuff and everything. But it'd be awesome if you followed on social media, you know, interacted with the show. If you have music that you want to share, you know, ianhates at gmail.com is a great place to do that as well. So yeah, tons of Ian Hates conversations are out, always free to listen to. Ian Hates movies are on the return. I just haven't had time to go through and edit everything. And then hopefully a completely, partially revamped edition of Ian Hates Music will be on the horizon as well. If for some reason I don't get a chance to talk to you before the new year, happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening. I always really appreciate that. Obviously, I make fun of a lot of bands that maybe you enjoy, but I hope you see through that to the love of music that I want to put out there. So, once again, thank you everyone, and I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks everyone. So goodbye to You're the